Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. And praise the Lord. Well, at this time, I have a message which is entitled, Behold, I Make All Things New. I'm going to be reading this morning from Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 through 54. For those that are here, if you are able, let's stand to our feet for the reading of God's word. Hallelujah. Starting in the book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, and the word of the Lord says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go now to Revelations, the last book of the Bible. Chapter 21, verse number 5. And that word says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Hallelujah. How many are made new in Christ Jesus today? Glory to God. Saints, you may take your seats this morning. Glory to God. Last week, we know we had Palm Sunday. We celebrated here in our church. Palm Sunday is often referred to as the triumphant entry. Glory to God. The triumphant entry of Jesus Christ into the city of Jerusalem. There Jesus knew that he was going to be put to death. Yet he still went. Glory to God. In John 12, 27 and in John 18, 37, he said, these are his own words. He said, for this very reason... I came into earth. Imagine that. The Lord came to earth to die so that he would take your place and my place in a brutal, agonizing, torturous death. And, and he was looking forward to it. The Bible says that Jesus had to be lifted up on the cross in order for us to come to him. He had to be lifted up for mankind, for you and for me. It was the only way to win. It was the only way to defeat death. How else can you defeat death unless you die? How else can you defeat the grave unless you come out of your tomb? Glory to God in the power of the resurrection. 
John 12, 32, Jesus says, and these are his words, and if I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples unto myself. Glory to God. He rode into Jerusalem on a colt, fulfilling many scriptures that he, the coming king, has come into the city of God. He will come again as king of kings on a white stallion. Glory to God. Not too many days from now. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is coming. This whole world has changed. For those that have been hearing this rap for many years, I'm telling you the truth. Jesus is coming. I can hear the horse hoof prints. Hallelujah. I can hear the trumpeters uh, uh, tuning up their trumpets. The sound of the trumpet is going to come and Jesus, the coming king, is going to come in the clouds of glory. Hallelujah. And so we shall forever be with the Lord again. Saints of God, Today is Resurrection Sunday morning. Behold, Jesus is alive. Behold, our God has been risen from the dead. Our God came out of his tomb. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, if anybody else came out of their tomb, they would have my attention. But Jesus is the only one that had the power to lay his life down and the power to take it up again. Today is Resurrection Sunday morning. It is the most important day in the Christian faith. Glory to God. Today is the day that we remember the victory of Christ over sin, over the grave, over hell itself. Today is the day that the door to God, the gate, the way to the Lord has been opened again for mankind. Jesus reconciles us back to the Father through His blood. Hallelujah! Praise God. Oftentimes, this day is often overshadowed by little bunny rabbits and chocolate eggs and little gift baskets and, and beautiful little toys. Hallelujah. The devil is a lie. Praise God. This is the day that Jesus rose from the grave. This is the day that all power and glory was demonstrated on earth. Let me tell you, I could think of nothing more powerful than coming back to life. Hallelujah. Our God is a re-God. Uh, 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 if you don't know what that means, our God remakes. Our God restores. Our God replenishes. Our God revives, reaffirms. Our God reconciliates. Our God renews. Our God resurrected. Hallelujah. Our God, Lord Jesus, he is the re-God. Praise God. He is the God that takes ashes and turns them into beauty. He is the God whose breath split the Red Sea in half. Hallelujah. He is the God who closes the mouths of lions that are hungry and haven't been fed in a week or two. Praise God. He is the God that took away the keys to sin and death and grave. Hallelujah. And hands them over to you and to me. He says, here are the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is upon you. Behold, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This mystery has been revealed unto you. Glory to God. 
He is the God whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light. He is the God who says, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. He is the God that says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Whomsoever will. Hallelujah. That means you and me. Glory to God. Today is the day of our freedom from bondage. Today is the day that we have been liberated from our chains. Hallelujah. The passage from death to life. Listen to what the word says in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Hallelujah. Remember that Adam sinned. His disobedience caused the whole world to become abnormal. You, you remember that when Jesus uh, uh, and Adam, when they walked on earth, when they had direct fellowship, they were in an absolutely normal state. Do you know it's normal to be in the presence of God? Do you know that Adam never had to pray because he could look to the Lord face to face and, and, and behold his glory and talk to God? They walked in the cool of, of the garden every single day. But sin and disobedience caused abnormality to set in. And we have this abnormality virus in our world today and that is due to the sinful nature of man. The whole world went into chaos when man disobeyed God. And now Jesus had to come and take the place of our sin so that he can raise himself up again. No one else could have done that but the Lord. Our direct relationship with God was severed. And God, the re-God, replenished, redirected, reconciled us back to the Father. Hallelujah. And those that are in Christ Jesus have returned back to their state of normalcy. Amen. If you are a child of God, you are absolutely normal. The world will call you a Jesus freak. The world will call you a hallelujah or whatever they want to call you. They will label you. They will say you're insane. But the reality is they don't even know that they're drowning. They don't know that they're perishing. The Bible says that the cross of Christ is foolishness to those that are perishing. But behold, to those that believe, it is the power of God unto salvation. Life comes through Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no other that made a way. No one else can. Acts 4.12. It says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And let me tell you, there's no ambiguity to that verse. There's no wiggle room. What if I do good deeds? What if I help old ladies cross the street? What if I give to orphanages? What, what if I uh, uh, help people? What if I pay for somebody's groceries at Walmart? Won't that get me in? No. Amen? Just in case you were wondering. Because Jesus said this in John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So let's talk a little bit about the resurrection. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. The resurrection. Why is the resurrection so important to the believer? This is the single greatest fact in the Christian faith. Without it, there is no Christianity. Everything that we believe is based upon the truth of this historical fact. Without the evidence of the resurrection, nothing else fits. Without the evidence, or with the evidence, excuse me, everything fits. Hallelujah. George Gallup, he did a poll, uh, and he asked unchurched people if they believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this stat blew me away. 84% of unchurched people believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That is an astonishingly high, uh, astonishingly high number. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. It says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless. And so is our faith. Let me tell you, without the resurrection, we are all spinning our wheels. Without the resurrection, we're wasting our time. Without the resurrection, there is no hope. Without the resurrection, there is no blood. There is no remission of sin. But with the resurrection of Christ, we have all of that and then some. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We too shall rise from the grave. No sickness, no grave can hold you down. We will be resurrected on the last day. Glory to God with the resurrection you and your household shall be saved glory to God that's powerful hallelujah makes me want to run around this room and do some jumping jacks up in here that probably wouldn't be a pretty sight hallelujah but I get excited glory to God Woo! praise God the Lord is alive my God reigns he is seated in glory, and we are seated in heavenly places with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I know who I am in Jesus. Do you know who you are? Hallelujah. The resurrection is a historical fact. There are at least 15 biblical accounts of Jesus interacting with people after the resurrection. He appeared to over 500 people and spoke to them. Others he spoke to and touched. He even made breakfast for the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. In our morning passage, there is more physical and eyewitness evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you missed this, but we're going to go back. Remember, we read in Matthew, praise the Lord, in Matthew 27, when Jesus was crucified and he gave up his spirit, something incredible took place. The Bible says there was a great earthquake and the veil in the temple was torn in two. Now, let me just stop right there. Amen. Listen, when a husband and a wife uh, uh, consummate their, their, their wedding vows, that means when they are intimate with one another, assuming they're both virgins, amen, because nowadays we don't have many of them around, praise the Lord, right? Let's keep it real. But if they are virgins and on their wedding night, when they consummate their marriage uh, on their bed, uh, what happens is there's a spilling of blood. There's a, a, a blood covenant that they enter into. God made it that way. When Jesus died on the cross and he spilled his blood, that blood was a blood covenant with 
the bride of Christ. And when the Bible says the veil was torn, that means we entered into a blood covenant with the Father. And the veil was torn. The veil was made of flesh. Hallelujah. And the earthquake split the veil in half. And now you don't have to go to Mary. You don't have to go to nobody to have your prayers uh, uh, brought up before God. You have direct access to the Father. The, the Word of God says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Come with confidence and tell your Father what you need. Hallelujah. Tell your Father how much you love Him. Hallelujah. You have the bat phone, the, the Commissioner Gordon hotline. You just pick it up for those that read comic books. Hallelujah. You just pick up the phone and the Father's like, I'm right here, son. I'm right here, daughter. What would you like to talk about? I just came to say that I love you, Lord. I just want to tell you, you the man. Hallelujah. There ain't nobody like you. Praise God. The veil was torn in two, and you have direct access. But here's another beautiful thing that took place. The graves were opened. Hallelujah. How many know that when dead bodies come out of their grave, people start freaking out? Woo! Hallelujah! When somebody comes out of their grave and it's not like the walking dead. It's not that kind of party. They came out saying, Hallelujah! Jesus is alive. I worship the living God. Do you know him? Do you know the Father? The Father that just raised me up out of my grave. I've been rotting in that hole for so long. But today, I live because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Woo! Praise God! Numerous people. The Bible doesn't give a number, but it's plural. More than one. A lot of people came out of their hole. Hallelujah. And the Roman soldiers, the very ones that put Christ on the cross, said, truly, this guy here is the Son of God. Truly, something was special, unique about this man. We've never seen anything like this. How many know that every time the Lord shows up, how many know that every time the Lord speaks a word, there's an earthquake? That's power! There's a song we used to sing. Porque monte temblaba cuando Dios estaba ahí. Dios estaba ahí. Right, right, all right, everybody, look. It means the mountains shook when God shows up on the scene. The whole Mount Sinai, it would tremble. Praise God, that's power. I don't see nothing trembling when, when Muhammad walked on the earth. I don't see nothing trembling when Buddha spoke something out of his mouth. There's no written record of that happening. But when my God speaks, the whole world, the whole earth trembles under the power of God. When my God speaks to Moses, the people of Israel, the ones who know God, they say, listen, you talk to God. Go talk to God. We can't take it. We're terrified. Listen, we'll listen to you now. We'll listen. We're sorry. We'll listen to you. But you go speak to God and come back and tell us what he said. There was fear because God's voice commands fear and respect. Hallelujah. And reverence. And the Bible said when Moses came down... His face shone like the sun, like a bright morning light. And they had to put a veil over him because they were like, dude, there ain't no Ray-Bans yet. They haven't been invented. I don't got no sunglasses. Praise God. That's power. Power. 
Jesus is coming soon. When the earth quaked and the people came out of their tombs, that is a foreshadowing of things to come. Hallelujah. Jesus is going to come again and the tombs are going to be open. Yes, I said it. For those that are watching right now, don't think I'm crazy. I'm telling you, if you don't repent, if you don't get your life right, you're going to be able to see that what I'm telling you is the word of God and it's truth. I won't be here because I'll be celebrating with the Lord. Hallelujah. But if you don't repent, you're going to see that what I'm telling you here and now is the truth. You're going to see graves open up and you're going to see people all disappearing. There's going to be mass disappearance all over the earth. Get it together in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, that we... One day the trumpet will blast and the, the sound of the trumpet will come and those that are dead in Christ, boom, they're going to rise first. And we who are alive and remain, I believe we are the generation. Oh God, Jesus said the generation that sees all these things come to pass, this generation shall not pass. I believe you and me are those people. The generation that will see the coming of Christ in the clouds of glory. Those that have died and, and raise up first, then we who are alive will meet them in the air, and so we shall be with the Lord forevermore. How many know that when Jesus rose, time split in half? I'm telling you the truth. Every time you look at your calendar, every time you make an appointment on your little iPhone computer, every time you write a check, you commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The truth, like it or not. Why? Because our Lord is alive. He is risen from the grave. We serve a risen king. You are sons and daughters of the most high God. And there were not only believers, but non-believers that witnessed the resurrection of Christ. Let me tell you what the word of God says in 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 8. He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. Cephas uh, I believe was one of the Pharisees, right? Yes. Praise God. He was seen by Cephas, then by the 12. He was seen by over 500 brethren at once. After that, he was seen by James, and then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of time. These are Paul's words as he's writing the word. Let me tell you something else. He was seen by an ancient Jewish historian, an unbeliever. His name was Josephus. He wrote about the risen Lord. The evidence of the resurrection is irrefutable. There are scholars that have tried to find evidence to debunk the resurrection, and no evidence can be found. There is more evidence proving the resurrection of Christ than any other saying it didn't happen. The resurrection, it proves three things, saints of God. The first thing it proves is that Jesus is who he said he is. Hallelujah. He says in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. Hallelujah. The second thing the, the, the resurrection proves is that Jesus has the power he claimed that he has. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven 
and on earth. Glory to God. The third thing the resurrection proves. Jesus does what he promises he will do. Mark 10, 34. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And on the third day, ha, he will rise again. Praise the Lord. Franklin Graham, he has a great quote. It says, we must not forget that it wasn't the Jews nor the Romans that put Jesus on the cross. It was my sins, your sins, our sins that put him up there. Peter Marshall, the stone, and brother, you, you alluded to this earlier. The stone was rolled away from the door of the tomb, not to permit Jesus to come out, but to allow the disciples to enter in. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Let me tell you, the devil, he thought he won a mighty victory that day, but he never banked on the resurrection of Christ. But let me tell you, this wicked liar, the devil, he's a deceiver, and he's always been, since that day, trying to intercept every single uh, memorial, every single Christian holiday, he's always looking to uh, uh, twist it and, and, and twist it in such a way that it totally removes the whole notion of the holiday in the first place. Look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now it's, it's, it's shifted. Now we've got Easter bunnies and eggs and rabbits and chocolate. He's always perverting the truth. Let me ask you a real sincere, honest question. Okay, or a couple of questions. Do the Muslims have Easter bunny rabbits and eggs in their holidays? Are there any Muslim holidays with bunny rabbits and Easter eggs? What about Hindus? Do they have any bunny rabbits or Easter eggs in any of their religions? What about Santa Claus? Do, do they practice any Santa Claus religions or any type of, uh, of things on religious holidays? No. Satan doesn't have to pervert what is already perverted. Amen? It's just something to consider. It's just something to go, oh, he's right. You know that meme they have a dude going like this? Like, dude, get it together. Yeah, that, that's it. Ask yourself that question. Why is it that only the Christian holidays are the ones that are distorted and, and lied about and, and twisted about? He just zeroes in and tries to pervert anything to do with Jesus Christ. Hosea 4.6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now listen, if you've been in this church for any period of time, you know that every single Easter holiday, I go through this whole little teaching. And I'm going to do it again this year. Praise God. This is tradition. But it's important because the people of God need to be awakened. And I, I literally begged and pleaded with the Lord. I don't want to do this again this year, Lord. Please put it in there. And so it's in. Praise God. Amen. He rules, not me. Hallelujah. So I'm going in. But it's important that you understand why this is so critical for the Christian believer to understand why we celebrate uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday and not necessarily the word Easter. Amen. So let's begin. Easter is a pagan holiday. It represents homage and worship to the goddess Samiramis Nimrod and their son Tammuz. 
you'll see, uh, uh, when you see this picture, you'll see that, that Samiramis is actually, I believe it's Columbia Pictures or Universal Pictures. I'm not sure. I think it's Columbia. But they literally have Samiramis holding the light, a torch, as the light of the world. But that is the representation of Samiramis on that particular uh, screen. Samiramis was married to Cush. Cush was Noah's son. And they had a son named Nimrod. Nimrod was Noah's grandson. After the death of his father Cush, Nimrod, now this is about to get gross, Nimrod married his own mother Samiramis, and then they had a son named Tammuz. Nimrod grew up, and he became known as a godman, Samiramis and Nimrod. That's the baby, that's the mother. Isn't it eerily resembling of Mother Mary? It's, it's like a, 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 a mock-up of that. So Nimrod was known as a great king, as a god-man to the people. And Samiramis now became a powerful queen. Nimrod was killed by his enemy, and he was cut literally into, I believe, 14 pieces. His body was cut in 14 pieces. And Samiramis, this wicked, evil queen, tried to locate all the body parts to put them back together, almost like a Frankenstein type of a thing. And she was going to consult dark magic to try to make them come to life. But the one piece that she could not find was his male organ. And the Washington Monument is a symbolism of, of the, the phallus, the male organ that was uh, missing from uh, Nimrod, all right? Not to get too graphic here, but praise God. But when she couldn't find it, she then changed her story and said that Nimrod ascended to the heavens and he became the god Baal, B-A-A-L, the sun god. She taught that the moon was a goddess and that the moon went through a 28-day cycle and ovulated when it was full. She later claimed that she herself came down from the moon in a giant moon egg that fell into the Euphrates River. And this was to have happened at the time of the first full moon after the spring equinox. Why am I talking about this? If you remember, I believe it was back in 2012, Lady Gaga literally entered the Grammys. Listen, I'm not trying to tell you what to watch. I haven't watched the Grammys or the Oscars or none of these shows. They are so demonically filled. It's not even funny anymore. It's right in your face. Lady Gaga came, I believe it was 2012. She had an album called Rebirth. And she literally came into the Grammys inside of an egg. And she did not come out of that egg until she was on stage when it was time for her to perform. And she literally was reborn on stage coming out of an egg. Samiramis later became known as Ishtar, which is later pronounced Easter. And her moon egg was later known as Ishtar's egg. Ishtar became pregnant, and she claimed that it was the rays of the sun god Baal that got her pregnant. In other words, Nimrod came in a ray and, 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 and uh, uh, impregnated her. And here she is trying to prove uh, an immaculate conception, again, like Mary uh, conceived Jesus. So now they bore a son, supposedly the son that she bore from this ray of light from Nimrod was now called Tammuz. This is where it gets interesting. 
Tammuz was very fond of rabbits. His father was a hunter, and he too was a hunter. But he was very fond of rabbits, and they became sacred in the ancient religion. Now, Tammuz was later killed by a wild pig, and Samirimus claimed that he too also ascended into heaven and joined Nimrod as another god called Ra. So now you've got two sun gods, Baal and Ra, and both Egyptian gods, and they were both uh, uh, up there in the heavens, supposedly. So then after her son Tammuz was killed, she proclaimed a 40-day period of sorrow, where there was supposed to be fasting and sorrow uh, on the anniversary of her son's death, Tammuz. And during this time, no meat was to be eaten for a period of 40 days. The Catholics have adopted that term and they call it Lent. This is where the Easter egg, the Easter holiday, and the bunny came from. It is a pagan holiday, and they tried to totally subvert the whole Christian experience, and they try to put it up with these little bunnies, cute little bunnies and baskets and eggs and all this stuff. Another holiday, glorious holiday, perverted and blocked by the enemy. And, and listen, people all over the world are celebrating today, paying homage to a fallen, wicked queen, a fallen king, a wicked son, and they're celebrating it with bunny eggs and rabbits and candy-filled eggs. Didn't the angel say, the angel that literally rolled the stone away in the tomb, didn't the angel say, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. But he is risen, Luke 24, 5 and 6. Remember, Jesus is alive. Samirimus, Nimrod, and Tammuz, they're dead. There's no such thing as little Easter bunny eggs and all that stuff. We've been duped. We've been deceived. And this is why in this church, I don't even like to use the word Easter. I call it Resurrection Sunday morning. I'm bringing Resurrection Sunday back. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Now, let me just say this, because some people are going to be a little upset. Every year, people get upset with me, and I know this is probably the same thing this year. So I don't mean to offend you, but truth is power. Amen? But listen, if you have uh, uh, Easter egg baskets, before you panic and before you get offended, I want to just give you a little bit of an illustration. All right? So bear with me for one moment. I'm going to give you an illustration. There's a blind man that gets on a bus and another man gets up and gives him his seat. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? You would think it's a good thing, right? Blind man needs a place to, seat, to sit. Most people would think it's good, it's ethical, it's moral, it's the right thing to do. I say it's a bad thing because I have a little bit more information that you don't have. The guy who got up to give him his seat, he's the bus driver. You understand? 
You see, so when you get all the facts and when you understand the full scenario, you're better able to make a more educated decision. And when we're held back the truth, when we're held back little pieces of information, you just go with the flow and you think it's even good. And you'll look at me and say, he's so legalistic. He's so religious. No, is that I have the facts and the word of God is true and we should be following the word. There's a paradigm shift when you get all the information. And that's why I share this with you year after year, every single Easter, every single Resurrection Sunday. If you have baskets and you want to give them to your children, listen, give them to your children. Praise God. You're not going to go to hell because you gave some kids uh, a chocolate eggs in baskets. Amen. But going forward, as you know, knowledge is power. You want to give your kids chocolate, buy them a whole bag of chocolate. Amen. Amen. Bless your children. But in the same regard, don't, don't make uh, Easter such a big thing where you're, you're losing sight of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. John 8.32. It says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm going to give you another illustration, which is really a cool one. There's a Jewish custom around this time of year, around the time of the Passover, and it's called Bedekat Chames. Bedekat Chames, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. What it means, it's, it's the search for unleavened bread. And let me tell you how it goes. Each year, on the first day of Passover, Hebrew children would go throughout their house for a spring cleaning of leavened bread. The night before, the parents would hide leavened bread all throughout the house and then the kids would have to find it it was called a leavened bread hunt the father would go through the house with a lit candle and the kids would go with a spoon and a feather to find the leavened bread and when they would find it they would collect it with the spoon and the feather and they would put it in a sack and then the following morning as a symbol of getting rid of all the leavened bread or the sinful items in their house, they would go out into the street and take all the bread that was found in their community, put it in a dumpster, and set it on fire as a symbolism of burning and utterly destroying all sinful things in their home, found in their home. Isn't it a, 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 a weird kind of a parallel? They're searching for bread that's leavened to take it out of their house. And we as parents are putting chocolates and candies and eggs and bringing it into our house and having them find it. They throw out the bread and burn it. We find the eggs, open it and eat the candy and, and eat it inside and consume it. What an amazing parallel that is. Glory to God. Let me just tell you, saints of God, I'm going to let you off the hook so you can turn to your neighbor and say, it's over. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Because I feel it getting tight up in here. Hallelujah. People are getting tight. Hallelujah. I'm going to let you off the hook. How many know that everything the devil tries to destroy, God says, behold, I make it new again. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, right from the very beginning in the garden, I'm going to go through a couple more parallels for you this morning. Behold, he says, I make all things new. So in the garden 
of Eden. Sin entered the world through Adam. But in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed. He sweat drops of blood to defeat the sins of the world. Isn't it not a, a mystery at all that he chose the garden to pray and to get the favor of God back on mankind? Because what was lost in the garden was returned back from the garden. It was also in the garden of Eden that Adam's side was pierced and the rib was taken out of the woman and from the rib Eve was turned over to Adam and when he looked at her he said wow man woman hallelujah wow man praise God and so Adam was put in a deep sleep and his side was pierced and the woman was returned to Adam and then uh, uh, 2,000 or so years later, Jesus was put to sleep, hallelujah, on a cross. And they pierced his side, and the blood and the water flowed out. And the bride of Christ came to Jesus Christ, hallelujah. What a beautiful pattern. The second Adam was pierced for mankind, and the bride was given to him. It was also in the garden that they were forbidden to eat from the tree of knowledge, the tree of good and evil. But in paradise, we will be welcomed back, hallelujah, to eat from the tree of life. It was in the garden that Adam and Eve, when they ate of the apple, their sin produced a nakedness. And then they had to hide themselves with fig leaves. But Jesus Christ, God the Father, killed the lamb. Hallelujah. And Jesus later became the lamb of God. The lamb was killed to clothe Adam and Eve from their wickedness and from their sin. But the lamb of God, the blood of the lamb, is to cover over our nakedness and shame and sinful lifestyle with his own blood. In the garden... Adam shifted his responsibility. The woman you gave me, she made me do it. The woman you gave me, hallelujah. But in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, Not my will, but thy will be done. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. On the cross, Jesus yielded up his spirit. He cried out, cried out with a loud voice. Hallelujah. And in the glorious second coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He will descend in clouds of glory. Hallelujah. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Everything started in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. And everything will end and begin again in the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. The new Jerusalem will come from heaven. 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long. The city of gold, it will come down and land right on Jerusalem. And the Lord will reign and we will reign with him. Hallelujah. From Jerusalem. Praise the living God. Saints, why does the resurrection matter? I'm going to give you three quick points. Number one, the resurrection matters because our past sins can be forgiven. Colossians 2.14, it says, Having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it 
out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Hallelujah. How many know that your sins, my sins, were nailed on the cross? Glory to God. We are free from our past. Glory to God for that. Jesus was hung up for our hang-ups. Hallelujah. Man's way leads to a hopeless end, but God's way leads to an endless hope. Jesus always forgives, and then he says, go and sin no more. Romans 8, 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Number two, why does the resurrection matter? Because our present problems can be managed. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. It says, What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ Jesus when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places? Jesus has ultimate power. Philippians 4.13, it says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Praise the Lord. This is not a positive thinking gospel, not a creative planning gospel, not a super talent. It's the power of God that be released. All of your problems can be managed through the power of God, through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So don't put a question mark where God puts a period. Hallelujah. Lastly, why does the resurrection matter? Because our future is secure. How many know you're on the winning side this morning? Glory to God. He who kneels before God can stand before anyone. Hallelujah. Those of us in Christ Jesus, we have a sure hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 5.8 We are confident Yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. How many know that one day you will stand before the Lord God face to face and you will know him as Lord and Savior or as judge? The choice is entirely yours and yours alone. Revelations 21, 27. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, if you think that you're going to continue to serve God your way, let me tell you, hell has an anthem. You know what the anthem is? I did it my way. When you live your way uh, with the, the false trinity, me, myself, and I, the Bible says that you are not submitted to Christ. Jesus is not your Lord. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, but we went to church. We tuned in to the sole purpose evangelical church live stream. And, and we, we helped old ladies. We did all these things. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never even knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, where there will be no place for you to return, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? 
Listen to me. You can't serve God the way you feel like it. This is not a Burger King, have it your way, uh, walk with Jesus Christ. You come to him as you are with all your hangups and he will make you whole. But then we begin to live righteously, live after him, pleasing him, serving him, undergoing the sanctification process every day. It's not a thing of what you can't do. It's because you don't want to hurt the Lord. You choose to live differently because you want to glorify God. You have entered into relationship, into covenant with God. It changes everything. If you're not fearful of doing the sinful, wicked things that you did before you came to Christ, then I question your salvation entirely. I know it got quiet. Hallelujah! I'll give myself a hallelujah on that one. Praise God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Listen, you might not be happy with what I'm saying, but I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, I'm telling you the truth because I care about your soul. I don't want to see anybody end up in hell. If I don't tell you the truth, you may end up there. Praise God. And for all of us Christians that we don't share the gospel, we don't tell our loved ones about Christ, you know what we're saying without words? We're telling people, go to hell. If you're not able to share the gospel with people you love, the people around you, what you're actually doing is sending the whole world to hell. I love you too much and God loves you even more. God loves you too much to leave you the same way. Praise God. I'm going to end with an illustration. When it comes to the subject of death, no one likes to talk about death. Imagine if I invited you over my house and said, let's talk about death. Let's talk about where we're going to be, where we're going to be buried. Where we're, do you have a plot? I mean, it would be a pretty morbid conversation. I think you would probably never come to my house again. I know I wouldn't come to your house again if that's all we talked about. Nobody likes to talk about death. So I, I read an email uh, years ago about children that were asked to write a sentence about death and what they wrote was pretty funny there was a kid named bobby he said a body is like a battery it eventually runs out of power gilda eight years old she said when you die they put you in a box and bury you in the ground because you don't look so good stephanie Nine years old, she said, doctors help you so you won't die so that you could pay your bill. Marsha, nine years old, she says, when you die, you don't have to do homework in heaven unless your teacher is there too. <laughs> Raymond, nine years old, he said, a good doctor helps you so you won't die. A bad doctor sends you to heaven. The fact is, everyone wants to know what is going to happen after we die? Jesus is very clear in the word of God. He talks about us, our body, as being a seed. A perishable seed or an imperishable seed? The question is, what type of seed are you going to be at your moment of death? The Bible says, unless a seed dies, these are Jesus' words, unless a seed dies... It cannot live again. So again, I ask you, what kind of seed will you be? What kind of seed are you this morning? Are you abiding in the presence of the Lord? Do you know him as Lord and Savior? 
Have you received the gift of his love? Have you received the blood, the atoning blood, the sacrifice for your sin debt? John 17, 1 through 3. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes into heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. As I close, I ask you a question this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? I'm going to share a little video clip from a pastor named Dr. S.M. Lockridge. And it says, do you know him? I want you to turn your attention to the screen and just listen to the words that are going to be shared this morning. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him for you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. 
That's our King who we serve. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Saints of the Most High God, I bless you this morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday to you. Do you know the Lord? That is the question that I want to pose to every single listener this morning. Let's bow our heads this morning. Praise the Lord. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.